Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Nine Yards podcast. It's Monday, September 13th. The Sunday slate of NFL games has just finished, or not just finished, finished yesterday, but man, what a Sunday slate it was. We're back. That was week one, the NFL season. Hey, the Ravens and the Raiders still have to play tonight, but at least for the Sunday games, it was it was pretty wild. It was, uh, it was some good games, top to bottom. The, the Texans beating the Jaguars was by putting 38 on the Jaguars was something nobody really expected, but we'll get to that later in the show. I'm here with fellow co-host, co-host slash, I mean, you're basically a co-host at this point, Caleb. I mean, you've been on like every show for like weeks at this point, but yeah, I'm, I'm here with fellow co-host or I'm here with co-host Caleb Arthur. We're just going to talk about the NFL and week one, some takeaways we have. I mean, week one is one of the most important weeks in the NFL season. A lot of the stuff that happens normally doesn't stick, but it's, it's also a time when you see who's, who's for real. So, so we'll just, we'll jump right in. Uh, any, any, any teams you want to highlight right now, Caleb? No, really. I think we should just get into it. All right. Well, uh, the first game, well, not the first game, but one of the, one of the premier games, premier games and being a little sarcastic, two teams that were not really expected to make a playoff run this year, but that faced off in the peach state of Georgia were the Eagles and the Falcons, the battle of the birds. Uh, I, th- I thought this was, this was a very strong game for the Eagles and a very disappointing game for the Falcons. I think it really set the tone for what the Falcons might do this season, given the offense is struggles against an Eagles defense that might be good, might not be good. They're not really so sure yet, but uh, I was pretty disappointed with Matt Ryan's play, but I, I thought, I thought Jalen hurts played pretty well. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think this game was a pretty big surprise. We knew the Falcons' defense wasn't very good, but I think the the Falcons' offense was one of the biggest disappointments of the day. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts did not do very good. He had like one or two receptions. Mm-hmm. So I I just think that they they have a lot to uh, work on. But but the Eagles impressed me. They looked well coached, which was uh, something I kind of questioned. But but yeah, they they could. I don't I still don't think they're a playoff team by any means, but they, but they could be decent. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I, I agree with the coaching, with the coaching take. I thought the Eagles looked like the much better coach team uh, out of the two. Sorry for your, uh, I know you're an Arthur Smith guy. I, I thought Arthur Smith called some pretty good plays, but was really just getting, was really seemed to just be getting out coached. I mean, he wasn't given the greatest of situations. His offensive line, he basically had to put in a couple of rookies at the guard positions that just were just getting smoked all day. I think there was like multiple false starts. The Eagles defense got sack after sack. They got a, they they only got three sacks total, but they put a lot of hits on on Matt Ryan. They had six tackles for a loss. I I, I agree in the in the in the sense that I thought Kyle Pitts was a little disappointing. It's not like they didn't get him the ball either. They threw him threw him the ball eight times. He only caught uh, four of those though for 31 yards. It's, I, I, I think that for all the expectations that were put on this Falcons offense, at least I thought um, earlier in the predictions episode that we did, I, I thought if, if the Falcons are going to find any success this year, it's going to be behind a really high powered offense. And who knows, maybe the Eagles defense is just this good, but it really seemed like the Falcons didn't have an answer for Philadelphia all day. Moving on now. And uh, and another pre not very close game. Sorry, we would have to get to this at some point, Caleb. I, I know it might be a little painful to talk about, but the Arizona Cardinals going on the road uh, and beating the Titans by 25 points, beating the Tennessee Titans, the team that made the divisional round, not only a sorry, not the divisional round, but made the playoffs not only a year ago, 
Kyler Murray throwing for four TDs and running in another Chase Edmonds with a solid game on the ground and all around the, the Cardinals just were lighting up the Titans on, on offense. But to me, one of the biggest takeaways was, was the Titans offensive line and the way they, they struggled against Chandler Jones. And it, it would be a worrying sight for me, given the struggles that Derrick Henry had in that game uh, and, and, and how badly t- uh, Chandler Jones was able to just smoke by Taylor Lewan on seemingly every play. But is, is that offensive line at all a concern for you in Tennessee? Um, I don't like to overreact over one game, but I think it is a little bit of a concern, although Chandler Jones is very, very good. And, and, and Taylor Lewin, it is his first game back from an ACL tear, so some uh, less than what expected. Mm-hmm. So this isn't super surprising to me. I definitely didn't think the Cardinals would, would dominate the way they did, but but the offensive line struggles is not too surprising. I hope to see um, over the course of the season Taylor Lewin get more healthy, and I'd like to see second-round pick Dylan Redunds. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to see him improve, get better, which I think is expected. But, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, the Cardinals are just – I think we might be underrating them. I mean, Kyler Murray looks really good. Yeah, um, I guess I'll, I mean, I thought he would take another jump this year. So I guess I'll, that's one good thing about that game. But but yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, the Cardinals have all the pieces. Their defensive run is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarterback's really good. They've got maybe the best receiver in the game. So they have the pieces um, to be a playoff team, maybe even win a playoff game. And if week one's any indication, then it looks like they will be just that. Yeah, I think this is uh this whole week told you just just how good the AFC North and the NFC West are. Like they 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 just far and away seem to be the two best divisions in football. I I thought the the Cardinals just really just impressed me. I mean, I didn't watch much of the game. You watched most of it, if not all of it. But the, the most impressive thing about the Cardinals was their defense. I mean, their offense was great, but we've we've had our concerns about the Titans defense heading into this year. You said they didn't play too poorly, but come on, 38 points speaks for itself. Uh, I, I was just, I was really impressed that the Cardinals were, were able to restrict Derrick Henry to, to what they did. My fantasy team wasn't as impressed because I was banging on him having a big week, but, but it was, it was nonetheless a, a very strong performance by Arizona and possibly one that can set the tone heading into what is probably a very big matchup for them next week against the Minnesota Vikings. Just given how we talked about those two teams might be in the playoff hunt in the back end of the NFC or back end of the NFC playoffs, trying to secure that seven seed. But Maybe it won't actually be that big of a matchup because the way the Vikings played today in Cincinnati, it was it was pretty concerning. I as I watched the whole game and I'll get to my Bengals absolute excitement and pure joy for the first time in years um, later. But I was just I was very concerned with the state of the Vikings defense. I mean, they stopped the run okay in the first half, but Mixon just just seemed to walk wherever he wanted to in the second. He put up 127 yards and a touchdown. Granted, he carried the ball 30 times. So maybe just the Vikings defense got worn down a little bit, but considering they, they invested so much money in that defensive line this off season, I, I was really concerned with how they played. Uh, Kirk cousins seemed to be okay. I mean, the Bengals, I think did a very good job of getting pressure in his face, but Jefferson and Jefferson was all right. Not great, but was all right. He definitely got outplayed by chase on the other side. The was okay. The, to me, the biggest thing on the Bengals side was just how good their defense was. Yes, the Vikings put up 24 points, but I would say the defense was the star of the game and what really won that game for Cincinnati. Because if 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 it's last year's defense, then this this game is over long before it starts. 
the the Vikings had 10 points in the fourth quarter and had 17 of their 24 in the second half, which is not something you want, but that was like, that was due to a lot of, a lot of uh, questionable play calls by head coach Zach Taylor when the Bengals were on offense and some conservativeness after Burrow got hurt. But I, I would have some concerns about the, uh, about the Vikings in the playoff hunt just after this game, maybe the Bengals are just good, but I would, would you share those concerns with me? Yeah, I, I think um, last season, obviously the Vikings underachieved as you know, before last year, they had been a consistent playoff team. Um, and we just kind of blame the defense all on injuries and nothing else. And mm-hmm. while I think that was part of it, maybe this just isn't a great defense. Yeah. I mean, that's very possible. And that's kind of looking that way. So um, if you're Vikings, I had them when we did our predictions, I had them as the seven seed, but, but I think the Cardinals might pass them up at this point and we might see every NFC West team in the playoffs. So that's going to be a very crucial game next week against the Cardinals. Would not be surprised at all if that ends up being the game that decides the last playoff spot in the NFC. So, so the Vikings need to button some things up and, uh, but we'll see. But yeah, the Bengals, the Bengals played well. I like their defense. I didn't watch a ton of the game. I just watched the end of the fourth quarter in overtime, but um, I really like the they play calling that fourth down. In yeah, that was time. that was pretty sweet. That fourth down was pretty great. I, the more I watch it and the more I read about it, I actually think uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, called a run. But when they got to the line, Burrow checked out of it and to that bootleg. That seemed to be the trend all game. I mean, after Burrow, because Burrow came up, Burrow got hit in the ankle. He got rolled up on and came up limping. And after that, Zach Taylor just seemed to be like, nope, we're not throwing it ever again. And he basically ran it on every single third down to avoid a sack. So maybe that's just Burrow's genius, or maybe I'm reading into it wrong. Maybe Taylor made a gutsy call, but yeah, I, I agree with that. that was that was a good play calling. Yeah, and it looks like the Bengals have a good kicker this year, so that could win them a couple more games. But yeah, yeah, for the first time in a while, they have they have a they have a pretty reliable kicker, it seems, and they have a a pretty easy game next week, given how the Bears played and and given how the have the NFC North performed in general. I was pretty disappointed by the nfc north i think if we're going disappointments and successes of the week the nfc north are probably the biggest disappointment for me i mean it's a little tough when the lions look the best in that whole division at least in my opinion i thought the lions looked the best uh we'll get to that game now the 49ers thoroughly dominated them in the first half they're up 21 and a half time but detroit had a really strong comeback and nearly nearly came back they had the ball in niners territory with like a timeout with 30 seconds left down eight so is what was your biggest takeaway from that game? Yeah, and my biggest takeaway was I think the it looked like the Lions had a lot of fight, which mm-hmm. with the new coach Dan Campbell, the way he acts isn't super surprising to see that, but but they looked more inspired than they did with Matt Patricia. So that's a plus, I think. But but yeah, I mean, we knew that just talent-wise, this roster is very limited. And the 49ers are a good roster they probably let off the gas a little bit, played more yeah. conservative, but, but yeah, I mean, the lions, you know, they look like they can steal a few games and the 49ers are kind of what I thought. I don't think they just have like the, the offensive firepower to win a super bowl, but they're a good roster that I think will make the playoffs. So this game was not pretty much is what I expected. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the lions putting up 33 points is a surprise. It was at home and it didn't seem like there were many people there. But I was I was very impressed by the by the what we call the bottom feeders um, yeah. when when during our uh, predictions episode. But I, I was very impressed by how they played. 
namely the Houston Texans. I mean, both the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions scoring 30 points. It's pretty crazy. The Lions putting 30 on, on a Niners defense that a lot of people expected to be really good this year was, was impressive, but Tyrod Taylor throwing for, uh, throwing for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns and the Texans putting up 37 on granted of not very good Jaguars team. That was really impressive to me. I'm very concerned about urban Meyer though. Uh, if this is how he's playing, I could see him getting, getting fired after this season, if I'm being honest, or just maybe just walking away. Cause this seems to be the book on Jacksonville. I mean, even after ETN got hurt, they, they weren't very impressive in the preseason. I mean, Lawrence was fine. He was three, three touchdowns, three interceptions, 332 yards, but he threw the ball 51 times. Uh, so I'm, I'm just not sure about this Jaguars team. I think there's, there's a chance they might get the number one overall pick in the draft. I mean, I know it feels crazy to say that, but They've just been playing really poorly, and, and they just don't seem to be very disciplined or very well coached. I, I, I don't know. I, is that too crazy to say that the Jaguars might be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year? No, I thought they would be one of the worst teams. But, yeah, if we're going off a of week one, it definitely looks like they're the favorite in the clubhouse to get the number one pick again. Yeah. Which, I mean, that would be good for them because they won't draft a quarterback, so maybe they could trade down. Yeah, I think if I'd probably trade down a, a few spots where you could still get a good good player, but but yeah. get some more picks. But but we'll see. That's a discussion for a different time. But I I think that yeah, the Jags just look didn't look very good. Their defense is wow. It's not good. It's yeah, bad. It's, yeah. And and their offense, you know, Trevor Lawrence was very inconsistent. He threw a couple passes that were just really not smart that we just hadn't really seen him make decisions that bad. But then there were some other times where he uh, looked like a star. So he, he was inconsistent, which I guess uh, could have been worse for his first mm-hmm. game. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It just looked – this roster just does not look very well. The offensive play calling was just not that great. No, no, no. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's week one. I think the Jaguars will get somewhat better. I still think they'll win a few games, but but yeah, it it doesn't look good. Yeah, it was it was definitely not a very strong debut for a lot of players on that team. I was I was also really impressed by Houston's run game and their pass game. Just overall, I think Houston played a really good game. I mean, they're not going to do much this year, I don't think. Uh, if we're being honest, just. But David Cully, take a bow. I, I think in, in your NFL debut, you're going against, I mean, yes, Urban Meyer is not what he once was, but he, he's still Urban Meyer. He's won, he's won national championships in college. He's always he's always had a very good team in every coach at the college level. And the pro level, not so much. But he, he's, he's a good football coach. He might not be a good NFL coach, but he's still very experienced. You're going up against the number one overall pick. You have Tyrod Taylor, a, a serviceable journeyman leaving your, leading your offense. I mean, I think you'd much rather have Trevor Lawrence on that team. But you got Mark Ingram again. He seems to be bouncing everywhere. He's he's a solid. Just this this roster was really full of like solid and then mediocre guys. And for David Culley to get thirty seven points out of this, which was very strong play calling, it, to have Tyra Taylor only throw the ball thirty three times uh, was was very impressive to me. I think to like limit his throwing would also keep it very efficient. I I was I was really impressed by Culley. I, I thought he did a good job considering not many of us knew who he was heading into the season. Yeah. Another team that I thought did pretty well against a, against a top quarterback was, was the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I know you're the biggest Zach Wilson supporter on planet earth. I thought he, I thought he played, I thought he played well. I thought Darnold was Darnold was fine. 
But it, the, the Jets Panthers game, you you watched some of it. Was there anything that jumped out at you when you were watching it? Yeah, this was the game with the Titans game being a blowout. This was actually the game I saw the most of. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, it it was interesting after watching. Um, there was there was some maybe a little thought that the Panthers might be able to sneak into a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. After watching this, I really don't think there's much of a chance of that. Both these teams look like they have a lot of rebuilding left to do. But but yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from the game was, yeah, the Jets O-line is really bad. And, yeah. and at this point, I think the goal of the season should just be to get Zach Wilson through the season healthy. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, he got no time to throw, which luckily for him, I mean, that was always his thing in the, in the draft was his biggest strength is um, he's good when the pocket breaks down. So it wasn't too rough for him, but mm-hmm. even, even for him, he, he didn't have much time and, and it caused him to make some, some not good throws and just be off target. But yeah, I mean, the Jets, we knew they were a rebuilding team. They didn't look way worse than I thought they would. So I, they looked better in the last few. So I think that's good. And for the Panthers, I mean, Sam Darnold might be the quarterback of the future. He was pretty good. But it's obviously after one week, it's too early to tell. But, but yeah, this was another one of those games where it went pretty much exactly how I anticipated it going. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I was uh, – I think – for the Panthers only putting up 19 points is a little bit of disappointment. I mean, I know you have your offensive limitations. McCaffrey played well. He didn't crack a thousand in either rushing or receiving, but was very good in both those categories. He caught uh, nine passes for 89 yards, caught all of his targets, and he rushed for 98. He he uh, he reminded people why they picked him first overall in their fantasy drafts. He had a, he had a very good game. But uh, another team that that's struggling with their quarterback situation a little bit is is Washington. Uh, the football team lost to the Chargers at home in a stadium that was leaking sewage. Uh, and they, they saw Ryan Fitzpatrick go down. I, I, I not sure given that the, how the play of the Cowboys, the play of the, the play of the Cowboys, the play of the Eagles, uh, heck even the, I mean, the giants weren't very good, but I, I'm not sure given how the Washington football team played, if, if they're really the favorite to win the NFC East anymore. I mean, I understand it's week one. We can't overreact to all this stuff, but Fitzpatrick is going to be out for six weeks, eight weeks. And unless we really believe in Heineke mania, I'm, I'm a little concerned with how things might go in Washington. Granted, I, I, I've, I've heard reports that they might go after Cam Newton. I've also heard reports on the contrary. Rivera knows Cam Newton very well, so I, I could see it happening. But we'll see with what they do. I, I, I'm not sure if I would really call them a, a runaway favorite like I called them in the, in the preseason anymore just because they didn't look very good. Antonio Gibson had a strong game, though, but but Herbert was really impressive. I thought Herbert had a really great game. What do you think? Yeah, this was another game that was one of the games I actually saw a good amount of. And, yeah, I mean, it was another one of those games. It's pretty much what I expected, although I kind of thought that the pan- oh, that's right. the Washington football team would, would come away with this one, but the Chargers ended up winning. So it's another one of those things where my biggest takeaway was offensive line. Rashawn Slater. First round pick for the Chargers did not let Chase Young touch Justin Herbert once all game. Yeah. And if you're a Chargers fan, that is great news. Similar to what he did in college. I mean, he had a history of, of being really good against Chase Young and he did it again. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're the Chargers, you got your quarterback of the future and it looks like you got your left tackle of the future, which is a very underrated position. So mm-hmm. if you're the Chargers, you, you feel good. And if you're Washington, you still feel like you have a chance in the division just because of the defense 
and, yeah. and because of the weakness of the division. But yeah, um, something about that Washington Stadium I, and and quarterbacks getting hurt. It's it's a problem down there. Yeah, but, it's it's a curse, man. It's a curse. But yeah, so I I don't know. But yeah, I I think I don't I don't want to be like one of these cowboy fan overreactors but i'd probably have to say after week one the cowboys despite the loss probably are the favorites now at this point yeah but but yeah um it depends just how if taylor heineke can can play well which we know he can if he can be consistent then i definitely think this team still has a chance and 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 with the chargers it was still what i think what i thought they were before the season not one of the best teams in the AFC, but have a chance of sneaking into a playoff spot for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I think the Cowboys were probably the favorites from the jump. I think they were the betting favorites in Vegas just from start of the season, just because they had all those injuries last year. They weren't my favorites, but right now I, I would probably agree with you. I'd say they probably are. Washington played well. I was, in, I was impressed with the Chargers coaching. I mean, I guess given how they played last year, there's really nowhere to go from butt up. But I, I was I was impressed with how with how they were coached. I thought Brandon Staley made some nice game managing calls, and and I I think that's a this is a win you might be able to hang your hat on if if you're L A going on the road going to Washington a team with a good defense with with a all with a scrappy head coach, and and coming away with a victory would was is very nice on their part. I think uh, another team that could really hang their hat on a week one victory is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm gonna be really I'm gonna be completely honest here and transparent. I did not think the Steelers were gonna win this game. I was I was concerned that they might get blown out, and I, I still have my doubts about the Steelers this year. But I think this is exactly the, the kind of win a Mike Tomlin team can produce with it with a with a roster that's struggling and a roster that's aging. Is this kind of hard fought defensive comeback win where your only touchdown came from a blocked punt, but nonetheless you you played well all game. Najee Harris didn't look bad. He didn't look good. I, Najee Harris looked didn't look bad. I think is the biggest thing for Steelers fans to not, to not be too heartbroken by how he played. His average wasn't great. He gave him the ball 16 times. Ross, I misspoke. Actually, the Steelers had two touchdowns. One of them was a Roethlisberger throw. The other one was a blocked punt, but I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm kind of liking where this, where the Steelers team is. I'm, I'm kind of liking where it is. I mean, just, just given how I expect them to be, I mean, by kind of liking, I don't mean Super Bowl champions. I still don't really mean playoffs, but I, some of the concerns I had have gone away a little bit. I, I think this is just this game reiterated to me just how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is and how he can really just get the most out of his team, no matter the situation, no matter the roster, no matter the game, to go on the road in Buffalo, an AFC championship team, and to win with all your points coming in the second half. It was it was a strong performance, I, I, I think. And I, while it doesn't put the Steelers in the playoffs just yet, I think this is very encouraging for the Steelers to have such a good win week one. Uh, do you have any takeaways on the bills? I mean, they didn't look bad, but they probably should have won this game if we're being honest. Yeah, this is a very interesting game because um, usually when there's an upset, you know, you hear all, of, all, all about it on Twitter and stuff. And I don't really hear people talking about this game, which is pretty surprising to me because I think there's honestly pretty big upset. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think if you're the Steelers, for me, they were one of the hardest teams to predict what their record was going to be just because of how un- inconsistent they were last year how they started so good and then was so bad at the end it was mm-hmm. kind of hard to know what version because there were two versions of the Steelers last year so it was kind of tough to know but um yeah but yeah I mean Ben Roethlisberger um I said it earlier it is usually pretty good in the beginning of the season so 
the Steelers always are going to have a better record in the first half of the season than the second half of the season. That's been a thing for a while now. But uh, still, yeah, if you're the Bills, it's, it's a little concerning just because this is a, a loss against a team that we don't see as an elite team, which if you're, if you're a team on the, on the level of what we think the Bills are, you should be losing to only elite teams. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know, the Steelers' defense is really good, and, and they just made it a really rough day for Josh Allen. And, and I think that's the key because that's, that's the bills are very relying on him mm-hmm. and uh, they got to him and it was just enough, just enough. They did just enough to, to, to pull out that window. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be a pretty, a pretty huge step for Josh Allen. Just, just considering that he's always played pretty well against bad teams, but to really, he's really, I think his biggest leap this year is going to be stepping up against the elite teams. And while we don't consider the the Steelers an elite team, I think we would consider their defense top ten, maybe even top six, maybe even top five, maybe even top three. I don't know if I'd go top three, but it's definitely a top five defense uh, when everybody's healthy, when everybody's was firing on all cylinders and the Tomlin at the helm. I, I think. While he did get over his Patriots hump a little bit last year, I'm I'm still I want to see a little more out of Josh Allen in these big games. I mean, I wouldn't even call this a big game, but just just against strong defenses, I think he's struggled a little bit with putting the Bills on his back and walking the locker room and be like, "We are not losing this game today." And I think that's going to be the next step in his career. That's something Mahomes can do. That's something Russell Wilson can do. That's something Tom Brady can do. Just in the regular season against an above average defense, and, but but a mediocre team to walk in and be like, "Yeah, we're not going to lose today." It's on me and we're not going to lose today. And he just, he hasn't really seemed to strike me to being able to be, to do that so far this year. But uh, another defense that I think is, uh, impressed a lot of people, this one was a little bit more of a surprise was the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, perhaps Carson Wentz is just trash. I'm sorry. I can't say trash. Perhaps Carson Wentz, perhaps Carson Wentz is just not very good. And, and we all thought he would be better because it was all the Frank Reich effect, but really it's his knee and his mentals and, and it's everything crazy. But the Colts didn't look good, and and the Seahawks Seahawks looked good, man. I mean, I know this is literally what happens every year. Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns on eighteen completions. That's nearly a quarter of his passes going to the end zone for a touchdown. Tyler Lockett had a Tyler Lockett as game, where only four catches, but hundred yards and two touchdowns. I I was really impressed by the Seahawks, and I was I was a little disappointed in the Colts, but I I would be lying if I saying I wasn't really expecting. I, I'm sorry, I'd be lying if I was saying that I was expecting Wentz to be good. So, yeah, I think this is an interesting team. I mean, you're the AFC South guy. What do you think the Colts can do after this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the Colts didn't look too bad. I mean, Carson Wentz had one turnover, and it was a fumble, so he didn't throw any interceptions, which is a step up from last year. But, but I mean, this is pretty part of the course for the Seahawks. Um, their history recently has been if you have the Seahawks on your schedule, you pray to God that you have them in the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been the, that's been the, the thing with them. So, you know, Russell Wilson looked great and we know that he's a top five quarterback, but maybe top three, probably top three in my opinion. Yeah. I put him so, top three. so this is, you know, really, you know, kind of expected at this point. So the outcome is not, is not too surprising. I guess my biggest takeaway from, from the Colts is, I know the offensive line is a little beat up, but it was still a little worse than I expected. And we know with Carson Wentz, you you need a good offensive line. And that's part of the reason we thought the Colts were a good fit is because we thought they had a great one. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see Jonathan Taylor also was a little underwhelming. I know yeah, I have struggled. my fantasy really team. So that was kind of disappointing. But 
But yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I this is pretty much, again, what I expected. Seahawks are a really good team, especially in the first half of the season. And the Colts look, you know, okay. And I think overall they're a pretty okay team. Yeah, I would agree. I think this is a pretty middle-of-the-road team. I mean, granted, Quentin Nelson wasn't playing. I think that's one of the biggest reasons the Colts' offensive line wasn't mm-hmm. good. But, hey, Quentin Nelson could have gotten the vaccine, and he didn't. So he's out for five games. I mean, not five games, five days, which means he's out for the game. So, hey, I don't make the rules. The NFLs make the rules. So if you don't want to follow the NFL's rules, then I think you got to pay the consequences sometimes. So this it's a tough loss for the Colts. It's a little disappointing. I don't. I had picked them to win. Um, initially because I did think once was going to play really well. And I think because they were at home, they were going to have a lot of success, but they didn't win. I think this game was pretty close to a toss up. So I think the biggest disappointment for the Colts would just be how their defense played. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's it for the one o'clock games. I think we covered Bengals, Vikings, Eagles, Falcons, and Steelers, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts, Washington, Panthers, Jets, Texans, Jags. And now we're on to the four thirty slate. We'll start the four thirty slate with what was, Probably the biggest upset of the weekend. Um, maybe close with maybe close with Houston, but I think the biggest upset of the weekend was the Saints. Uh, they were technically at home. I mean, they were in Jacksonville, but they're still technically a home game. But Jameis Winston, over over a third of his of his completions were touchdowns. He had fourteen completions and five touchdowns and only one hundred and forty eight yards. So basically, what you're telling me is one out of three times he drew, he connected on a pass, it was in the end zone. And one out of four times he dropped back, it was it was a touchdown. And that's crazy. I mean, this is obviously not going to happen for the rest of his career, but I thought I was very impressed by how he played. He used his legs in a strong way. We'd never seen him use them before. He looks clinical. And with, with the weapons he had in Tampa Bay earlier in his career, I'm surprised we never saw this one's kind of Winston before, but really, Jameis Winston, take a bow. I mean, Camaro was good, but Winston really impressed me. Another thing was, it was that was weird was how – the Packers play, but I'll leave you to, to talk about that. What was the biggest, uh, what was the biggest, what's good right here? What was the biggest kind of detractor to the, to the Packers potential success in this game? Yeah. I mean, this was definitely to me, the biggest shock. I mean, the Saints winning in any capacity would have been pretty surprising, but I think the biggest shock is obviously how dominant they yeah, were in the football being 38 to three is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think if you're the Packers, I think out of any, I mean, there's a lot of fan bases that are probably feeling worse than they did on Saturday. But I think the fan base right now that has to be feeling the worst is the Packers because at this point, it's not looking like they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it's just he wants out and he's just not happy, but he did not play good. And that's definitely going to be something to monitor throughout the season. Luckily for them, we we touched on this a little earlier. The NFC North it does not look really good. They're the only division in the NFL where all four teams are zero and one. So so that's yeah. kind of a, a concern. But but yeah, I mean, so because of that, I still think if you're a Packers fan, you're like we're still going to win the division, which they probably will. But but yeah, I mean. Maybe maybe we're just underrating the Saints. We're going on about how it's more the Packers being mad, and maybe the Saints are just good. I don't know. But, but yeah, Jameis Winston looked really good. Definitely looks like they won't be needing a quarterback this draft, which is something I thought they might need. But, but yeah, all around, Saints, maybe they're, maybe they're pretty good. And Packers, I just have my doubts that they're, uh, I don't really think they're contender at this point. Yeah, I was I – was... 
shocked with how they played and disappointed that I picked them to win the Super Bowl and they, they, then they played like this. So who knows? I, I, I don't know what was going wrong with Rodgers. Maybe he was like hungover or something. I don't know. But he, he didn't play well. He played pretty poorly, if we're going to be honest. I think this was one of those games. There's, some, there's a Twitter account called NFL Memes that posts this every time it happens. But this is one of those games where if, if you drop back and spike the ball into the ground every single time, every single play of the game, your passer rating is like 35 or like 36. And this was a game where Rodgers had a worse passer rating than that, basically. Um, so Rodgers really didn't play well. Is it – I just muted myself there. Is it Jordan Love season? No. Uh, I, I don't think you should freak out a little too much after this. Maybe I'm just talking to myself here because I, I, I need the Packers to win the Super Bowl. But it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back next week. I think they 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 should bounce back next week. They're a good team. They're playing Detroit. It's Monday Night Football. They're at home. It, it, there's a lot of factors going in uh, to, to what might be a, a really big win for them. Or possibly, given how we saw the, the, the Lions play this week, they could shock them. And all of a sudden, there's huge questions about the Packers season. I mean, it's crazy to say this against the Detroit Lions in week two. But next week might be a must win for them. Because if they lose that, they've suddenly dropped oh, yeah. two games. They, they, yeah. If they lose the Lions next week, it's panic mode activated. I agree. I think you you just you break out the panic button and, and you smash it. Um, yeah, I think that next week is definitely a must win for them. But moving on to uh, to another team that was uh, once relevant, the New England Patriots. They were at home against the Miami Dolphins in in a, in a matchup of two teams that always keep it interesting. And it, interesting it was. The Dolphins squeaked out to a one-point win. Mac Jones with a solid game in, in his debut. And, and I think that word associated with Mac Jones might be used more than smart with Tom Brady because geez Louise, this was the like the textbook definition of solid. Yeah, he threw the ball 40 times, which is not something solid QBs normally do, but he had a good completion. He had a good completion percentage. He only threw one touchdown, not a lot of huge mistakes, but uh, hey, Mac Jones is Mac Jones. And I think the biggest disappointment here for the Patriots would probably be their defense, which they spent a lot of money in and they just got beat by two a tiger by Loa. I, I, is, is there anything you think the Patriots should change after this game or is it? Or is it just a trust-the-process kind of situation? Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are a good team with, I think, one of the best defenses in the league, really, especially the secondary. So this was um, not too surprising. And and really, the Patriots should have won this game. They had the ball, like, on the Miami 20 or 15 with, like, two minutes left, which they were at least going to get a field goal, which would have put them up with a minute left um, mm-hmm. if they fumbled it. So, yeah. Really, the Patriots should have won this game. But just my biggest takeaway, I watch a little bit of it, is, man, 2-1, Mount Jones are like the same person. It, yeah. It's it's like their stats really looked identical. They play really similar. Although, two, I think, actually made a couple more bad decisions than Mac Jones, which is probably not something you want with it being two a second year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, overall, though, it was, again – we talked about this earlier. This is not going to be a high scoring game. It was going to be a close game and that's exactly what we got. So I think these both are going to be teams that are going to win games based off their defense. And they're just going to hope that their offense is consistent enough that they can uh, pull out some wins. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's, that's a good point. And, and another game that was close and high scoring was, was the Browns visiting the chiefs. The, the Browns jumped out to a, to a big lead in this when they were up 20, uh, 22 to 10 at halftime. There were some questions 
circulating, but Mahomes went Mahomes and uh, he delivered the win. Tyreek Hill with 197 yards and touchdown. Travis Kelsey catching two touchdowns. The Chiefs just kind of flexing their muscles a little bit in the fourth quarter and showing everybody why they're the most common Super Bowl pick in the league. But what was what was the biggest thing to you that, that won this game for Kansas City? Yeah, um, I think it's just the fact that the offensive weapons are just so good and Patrick Mahomes is so good that they can just mm-hmm. put points on the board. And we know that the Chiefs are so good when they're behind. Yeah, And obviously that's a great skill to have. Um, and we saw it again. And I mean, that's just my big thing. The Browns played well. They looked like a good team. Um, they had a chance to win it. And, and Baker Mayfield then throws an interception, which is not too surprising to me, but let's not get into that. Pretty classic um, Baker stuff there. I mean, like yeah. that was that was a bad interception too. And I'm not known as the biggest Baker Mayfield supporter in the world, but he like panicked through, threw it right to the Chiefs guy. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, they keep going. But yeah, um, but we we know that he's not the kind of quarterback that's gonna carry a team. Um, and he managed up until that point. He was a fantastic game manager. He did everything they asked of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Chiefs are just, you know, they have more firepower. They have more talent, despite the Browns being a very well-rounded roster. Yeah. Um, they just don't quite have the uh, firepower that uh that the chiefs have and i think that was really the the main point of the game yeah definitely it just it just to me it felt like the browns were like oh look at us we're we're, we're up we're up by 12 at halftime yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like no 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 we're, we're gonna show you how it's how it's done around here and they just came back and they killed him came back and they killed him uh so yeah that, that was a good 430 game the the last and 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 maybe least 430 game who knows uh, was the Broncos at the Giants. And my, oh, my, what a blowout it was. Saquon Barkley, fantasy managers all around the country are, like, questioning themselves for even drafting him. Melvin Gordon went nuts. Only 11 carries. He had 101 yards and a touchdown. He said, you're going to replace me? I don't think so. But, but yeah, it wasn't a bad game by Daniel Jones by any standards. I just I just think this Giants defense is, is a concern for me. Hey, maybe Teddy Two Gloves is, is entering his final form. But, I mean – as much as I'm being sarcastic, Bridgewater was fantastic yesterday. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Maybe, I, I mean, we, we weren't in uh, the Broncos' practices, but it's starting to look like maybe they made the right decision naming him uh, the starter. Yeah. Um, but we, we kind of talked about this. Like, even though we both think Drew Locke has a much higher ceiling, mm-hmm. um, when you have a defense as good as the Broncos, you, you, you might just want to focus on not turning the ball over on offense. Yeah, which definitely favors Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they look competent. Defense is very good. And, and the offense, what can you say? It did what it needed to do. But my biggest takeaway, I've been, I swear I've said my biggest takeaway is the offensive line in like every game. But man, Giants offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Oh, absolutely. It's so bad. Um, I get, I don't know the, the two, the two New York teams very well might have the two worst offensive lines in the NFL. Um, so that's something to monitor, but yeah, um, giants, I mean, Daniel Jones had a fumble, so that's a shocker. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, overall though, he played pretty well. And, um, this was a giants team that I was a little higher on than most people. So I'm a little disappointed. I thought they'd at least keep it close, but. Um, the Broncos look really good. They kind of remind me of the Dolphins last year, and and that team ended up going ten and six. So maybe this is like a ten and seven team, and that maybe. could maybe sneak you in to the last playoff spot. So 
you know, the Broncos are not going to be a very exciting team to watch, but they're not a bad team by any means. Yeah, definitely not. I think they're, they're a pretty good middle of the road team and possibly Bridgewater just elevates your floor to a level that, that you could squeeze into the playoffs with, but the Rams and the bears were the last game of Sunday and the last game we're, we're going to, we're going to pro- probably overreact to today, but, but yeah, it was, it was a great game by Matthew Stafford. If we're being honest, I think we're finally seeing Stafford in an environment where I, I think he's happy. I, I, I saw some, a bill, a bill Barnwell tweet about this. And, and I agree with what he's saying with, People are making it sound like Stafford never had weapons along his side in Detroit. And while I think that's true for the last couple of years he was there, he also had Megatron for seven years. So I don't think this is the first time Stafford's ever been on a good offense. I think this is the first time he's ever been on a really good team. I think there's a lot of most of the years in Detroit, he just had a terrible defense and not a good run game. But he definitely didn't ever have no weapons around him. But he really, this was like efficient. This was like clinical Stafford on, on a, on a, national stage 321 yards three touchdowns only six incompletions that's just that's just a good game man when you when you really think about it yeah definitely um I've always liked Stafford but yeah I agree with you he he's had definitely had weapons over his his career in Detroit and I think if you're like a Mahomes or a Brady level quarterback you can get at least get to the playoffs no matter who's around you which mm-hmm. I think is why we don't really think of Stafford in, in that top category. But, but yeah, I mean, he might not be one of the best, but he's still a good quarterback, might be top 10, um, an upgrade over Goff. So um, you, you can just tell Sean McVay has just been waiting to use the deep ball a lot more. And now he, that has opened up, and, and that could be scary for Rams opponents. But, yeah, I mean, he looked good. This is definitely the best defense that Matthew Stafford has ever had, which probably takes some pressure off of him, which makes him more comfortable. So the Rams look really good. Honestly, I think they're probably, after watching Buffalo, they might be the third best team in the league behind the Bucks and Chiefs. Yeah, um, maybe. It's kind, of, it's, it's kind of trending that way, in my opinion, but I don't want to overreact too much after week one. But the Bears, the Bears offense, oh boy. It was a disaster. Good. Hey, I didn't. What do you expect when you put Andy Dalton on the national on, on prime time with no offensive out. line? Yeah. Oh yeah. I will give a shout out to David Montgomery. Iowa State guy was definitely the best player on the offense. Of course. Um, of course. Although that might not have been too hard to accomplish, but he was. But yeah, I don't know. I said earlier, like I also would have started Andy Dalton because I don't know. If, if going against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, your first career game is great for, for the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better just throw Andy Dalton to those wolves. But I, yeah. I think Justin Fields, I don't think – I know Matt Nagy came from the Andy Reid tree where they sat Mahomes the whole season. I mm-hmm. don't think you can start you, – you can sit Justin Fields the whole season. Absolutely I think that's not. a bad idea. Um, I've been yeah. saying I think week four – because week four you play the Lions and then the next week you play the Raiders, which is a bad defense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's week four is when I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, we'll see. Because Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton ran offenses are not going to win too many games. Yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, to to put it precisely, uh, it was bad. And to me, I would probably put in Fields next week. I think we saw how well the Bengals defense did against. The, the Vikings shoddy offensive line. I mean, Chicago is a very, very bad offensive line too. 
So, so maybe, maybe Fields will just get killed if he's back there next week. I think whoever they put back there is going to get killed regardless. Maybe you're right. They probably wouldn't get killed in, in against Detroit, but if you're Owen four, by the time you put fields and he's not taking you to the playoffs, I, I just think when he was in the game, the team looked different and in a good way. It, it, they, they, they almost had more energy when he was in the game. Yeah. He was in there for like three plays, but when he was in the game, he was clinical. He made nice throws. He made nice runs. He was smart and defenses respected his legs. They know they couldn't just cram him in the pocket. I mean, at this point, Dalton is, is not what he once was. Even when he was in his prime, he was still not really amazing, but you, you can't throw the ball with Andy Dalton 38 times a game and expect to win, especially against a good defense like Los Angeles. So I think Nagy has got to call it. I think he's got to make the call. I don't know if he will make the call. You mentioned he's from the Andy recoaching tree, but I, I think week four is the latest he can do it. I mean, it's probably the best time, but if you really want to make the playoffs this year and you're the, and you're the bears, maybe you don't, but you don't have a first round pick. So you might as well try. I, I think, I don't see how Andy Dalton gives you any better of a shot at making the playoffs than Justin Fields do, does. Because you're not making oh, yeah. it with Andy Dalton. And you, you're probably not making it with Justin Fields, yeah, but at least I Justin mean, Fields could take you there. Yeah, I don't think they're making it either way. And and in that case, you probably just want to give the young guy experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's two sides of it. There's just, like, give the young guy a snap. Or, because, like I said, there's there's no way they make it with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's not a playoff caliber cornerback anymore in the NFL, especially with a roster like this around him. Justin Fields could be really good. I mean, he also could just be like, you know, a rookie. So they just give him as many snaps as you want. But if you really want to make the playoffs and, and, and Nagy's job is on the line here, he knows his job is on the line. So if, if he knows his job is on the line, I don't understand why he's giving the ball to the best guy who's going to get him to a win. This isn't, I think as much as I don't like the bears or the Broncos in, in the long term. I think this Bears team is trying to do what the Broncos are doing, which is like give the ball on offense to the guy who's not going to turn it over and let the defense carry to wins. But this defense really isn't that good anymore. Granted, the Rams offense is fantastic. So, so maybe next week against Cincinnati, this defense is going to flex his muscles a little bit. But hey, the Cincinnati offense is pretty good. So I just I, I'm I'm just I'm confused on on the sake of all Rams fans on the and, and, and for Matt Nagy, the why he's not putting Justin Fields in the game. Cause I I just I would love to hear his argument for why he's not. Basically, I just just to hear what he has to say, but it's it's a com- it's a complicated quarterback situation in Chicago, and that's that's and that's that's it for all these Sunday slate games. Um, we're gonna go to the stock exchange real quick. So, Caleb, give me one team and one player you would be buying stock in right now as an NFL fan, and then one team and one player you would be selling your stock in as an NFL fan. You can start with the player. Players, that's a tough one. Yeah, I put um, him on the spot here, so so he might he might he might need a minute. I guess I think for um, a player at this point, I think I'm gonna have to go with Kylan Murray. Yeah, um, I know the the Titans defense is not very good. That's very well documented. Believe me, I know. <laughs> but he still looked um, really good, and and I think there's. I've always said I thought he was gonna take another step up, and and I think we're seeing that. And if the Cardinals happen to put it all together and be, you know, an 11 and 6, 12 and 5 team, he, I, I would suspect if they, if they're that good, Kylan Murray's in the thick of the MVP race. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I think he's a player to, to watch. He's a very fun player to watch. So he's probably someone I would buy stock in. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, for my plus player, 
you can call me biased, but if you want to make a profit, you got to buy low. And so I'm I'm pushing my chips to the center and I'm and I'm buying some Jamar Chase stock. I think not a lot of people were high on him yeah. on Sunday morning. If if I think we if we have to be honest with ourselves, I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to be good. I was so nervous. I took him out of my fantasy starting lineup because I was like, I don't want to curse this guy. If he's bad, I'm going to feel terrible cuz he, A he's making my fantasy team lose and B he's actually bad. So I'll put him on my bench and so I'll be happy if he does well. And boy oh boy did he do well. He only caught the ball five times, but 101 yards and a touchdown. That's what you want to see out of this guy with no drops and, and, and a clinical game from Joe Burrow. So, so Jamar Chase is somebody I'm going to, I'm going to invest some money into just because I, I really think he showed why, Hey, I mean, if I could if just, this isn't a player, but if I could buy stock in this whole receiving class, this whole first round receiving class, I mean, Bateman hasn't played yet, but Waddle caught a touchdown Waddle caught a clutch touchdown. Jamar Chase had a great game. Devonta Smith t- caught a touchdown. Hey, this, this, these, these top three receivers could be, could be, highly discussed for, for, for the next 10 years. Cause I think all three of these guys are pretty special, but yeah, I, I'd buy in Jamar chase. If I was buying a player if, for a team, if you're going to, if you're going to buy, who would you buy as a team? Yeah. Um, I thought about the Cardinals, but since I already talked about them with Kyler Murray, I'll say I'll buy some stock in this new Orleans saints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still don't know how good they are. Um, but they would definitely look like the most prepared team they look like the best coach team last oh yesterday Mm -hmm. so um definitely i mean maybe Jameis winston just needed some help he needed to be under sean payton and just get some experience behind two breeze and maybe he's a he can be a really good quarterback for for many years so Mm -hmm. um just knowing that that could be a possibility i think is worth buying some stock some low stock into Mm -hmm. this team and 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 when michael thomas comes back the offense is going to be even better yeah. So I think that that's a team they have to watch. Defense is good as always. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will be the first to admit I might have been a little too harsh on them in the past few weeks. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I mean, I was definitely a little too harsh on them too. I think I was under I was under uh under anticipating how 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 good of a coach Sean Payton really is. Let's see, if I'm gonna buy stock in one team, I, I I want to buy stock in the Texans. I don't think I will. Just because I still don't think they're going to be very good. But if I had to buy stock in one team, I'm probably going to invest heavily in some Rams. I mean, their price has gone up. We all know how hard their price has gone up um, over after that game. I mean, their their price was high to begin with. They're LA. Everybody loves them. Stafford, like, in a good situation for the first time in his career, which is not really true. But in, in a good situation for the first time in years, he's still really talented. But, man, they, they played like Super Bowl contenders. I, I, know, I know you picked them to be really, really well to be really good. So I'm, I'm going to have to jump on that bandwagon a little bit with you, but they looked good, man. They looked really strong. So, yeah, uh, sure. so yeah, they're, they, they'd probably be my, be my purchase in terms of team, but where you buy, you must sell. So uh, give, give me a player who you think could be, could be tumbling down some, some, some boards a little bit. All right. This could be a major week one overreaction, but here's the thing. Uh-huh. I'm, there's the Belichick strategy: sell a player before their value crashes. Yeah, and and I'm gonna say, I'm starting to worry. It might be time to look for a replacement for Matt Ryan. Yeah, and I mean, maybe the Eagles' defense is way better than we thought. Maybe it's a bad game, but the Falcons' offense was supposed to be really, at least, really solid. Mm-hmm. And they put up six points against the team that we we don't think is that good, so that's uh, that's the biggest concern for me. Um, if I'm doing a mock draft right now, 
I'm yeah. going to have to start seriously considering uh, having the Falcons taking a QB, especially if they're in the top five, top 10, which it looks like they'll for sure be in the top 10, um, mm-hmm. maybe top five even in, in, in the draft come April. So um, I think if, if Matt Ryan just did not look like he just had that, that juice that he did um, years ago. So, so it's a little concerning. And I think you might have to, to sell a stock before it uh, crashes. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm, again, I, I'm going to go with another player who, who I think is very similar to Matt Ryan, and, and I'm going to sell some stock on Kirk Cousins. Again, I'm not, being, I'm not being biased. I swear, I'm not being biased. I just watched a lot of the Bengals game, and, which means I watched a lot of Kirk Cousins the first time in a while. And I, this guy got $84 million fully guaranteed over three years? This guy? I, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, he's not bad. I don't see him being worth $84 million, though. I mean, I, I think he could elevate – I mean, funny, but he could elevate a team like Washington very easily. He could, he could elevate any other bottom feeder, Detroit. He could elevate uh, maybe not Jacksonville because I would probably – nah, I guess he could probably elevate Jacksonville. I think Lawrence was a little, uh, a little disappointing. But Cousins is fine. He's, he's, a, he's a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy, but – you just get some pressure in his face and he's messing on massively. I mean, the Bengals aren't known to have the best pass rushing team. They, they, they had a very good, they did a very good job of pass rushing cousins all game, but he, he looked scared back there. He, he, especially in the fourth quarter, they had to rely on Dalvin cook so heavily because cousins seem to be just failing to step up and deliver the throws. So who knows I, after this game, I'm not as, I'm not as, uh, chuffed about the Vikings playoff chances and they would have been the team I would have dropped stock in if I didn't just drop stock in Kirk Cousins I'm not going to spend three of my four uh stock minutes talking about the the team that just played the Bengals or the Bengals but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna sell on Kirk Cousins a little bit because I don't know if I I I might have to cut my losses in this one because I never really was high on him to begin with but he really didn't impress me very much in that game I I, uh, I just previously mentioned it, but we have to we have to sell some team stock now. I I have a pretty good answer in my head. I feel like I thought of it uh, even before we came on this podcast, but I'm I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, I think there's a glaring team. Yeah, but that would be really obvious. So I'm going to, uh, you know, this is this is definitely a tough one. Hmm. I think about this for a second. Um, I think. This could be maybe, again, a little overreactionary. But I am going to sell some stock. And they want a very good team to begin with. But I'm going to sell some stock in the New York Giants. Hmm, interesting. And yeah. Um, I just didn't want to want to be too obvious, but pick the, the obvious one. But, but overall, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I thought this team had a very real shot of winning the NFC East. And I, do, I no longer think that. Um, the offensive line looks uh, abysmal. And Daniel Jones uh, still has a fumble problem. And the defense was not as good as um, I thought it was going to be. So overall, it looks like it could be a very rough season for the Giants. They might only win a few games if they, if they keep playing like they did yesterday. So uh, I'm going to sell, sell stock. Um, I think the stock's still pretty high just because we still looked at, at the Giants as a rebuilding team that improved um, last year. So yeah. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell sell some stock while it's still, uh, still pretty high. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Get some nice return on investment. I think the Packers are the obvious team. They weren't the team I was thinking of. Um, that's the obvious team you mentioned uh, for anybody listening yeah, who didn't think of the Packers. But yeah, I think you could sell on the Packers really easily. Um, but given the nature of the stock market, their value is probably pretty low just because people have been crashing. I'm going to sell a stock in a team I wasn't really confident in from the jump um, and one I, I, I blasted a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I'm going to sell some Jaguar stock. I don't think they're going to be very good. I didn't think they were going to be amazing to begin with, but this team was getting a little too much hype for my liking at the start of the season. I think I think a lot of people were overestimating the impact that Lawrence is going to have. Their offense still has a lot of holes. They gave James Robinson a 1,000-yard rusher at the ball five times. They gave him the ball five times in that game. Who was their better option? TJ Yeldon? No, he's not even in the NFL anymore. I was thinking back to like 2016 when he was their lead back. But I, I I really didn't like what I what I saw out of Jacksonville. Their defense is, is bad. If your defense gives up 37 points to Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram, and Brandon Cooks in 2021, it's not a very good defense. And no disrespect to Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram, and Brandon Cooks whatsoever. They're very solid, but they're not good. Um, they're, they're, they're average. They're fine. They're just, they're just not amazing. And, and to, to see a team like Jacksonville, who people thought could maybe like overperform, get to like six wins this year to see them just get smoked so consistently by a Houston team. that A lot of people pegged to be the worst in the league this year. It's discouraging if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Jacksonville, to be honest. So I'm probably going to, I'm going to try to get out of that burning building as soon as I can and just, and sell all the stock I have in Jacksonville, because I'm really not sure how, how Urban Meyer is going to fix this. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I thought the Texans, I think pretty much everyone, I, I have not seen someone who didn't have the Texans being the worst team. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Not great. It's been pretty disastrous in the, in the state of Florida and Duval County, but that's going to be it for today's episode of the all nine yards podcast for me, Luke Lender, and for my co-host, Caleb Arthur. It's been a pleasure chatting and uh, hearing you listen or not hearing you listen it's been a pleasure chatting and having you listen to us for the last hour or so i'm gonna edit this so you guys can watch it on time monday night football tonight caleb you got you got a lock pick for this for this monday night football game this is a tough one because i thought waiters they only oh ravens ravens are only favored by four and i thought that was really good bet but now with all the running back issues i don't know but i'll still take the ravens i'll say Ravens are going to win 27 to 20, 27 to 20. Nice. 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 Pretty high scoring. I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens too. I think it'll be close. I think the Raiders are cover. I'll take the Ravens 16, 13. I think it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be a lot of field goals, but, uh, but yeah, that'll be it for the all nine yards podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, get your vaccine. Stay safe, everybody. Drive carefully, all, all that jazz. And uh, for my co-host, Caleb Arthur, I'm Luke Lender, and we will see you all next time.